All right, so first of all, welcome to Cafe Allit. Um, second of all, um, today is the day that we will be beginning The Great Gatsby. Um, going chapter by chapter um, with two episodes. Two episodes for a chapter, if I need to. Chapter chapter eight might need to. Chapter seven. Chapter seven might need to. Yeah. Um. So yeah, still still got a little cough. So I'm gonna try to edit those out again. But um, if I miss one, I apologize. So, I just, I, I love this book, first of all, more, more than any other book in the, in the world. Um, if you told me I could only read one book for the rest of my life, I would choose this one without any hesitation. Um... It's not about the parties. It's not about the romance, though both of those things do play play their roles in the book. Um, a, lot, a lot of these characters are not likable. It's hard to find truly likable qualities um, in these characters that would have a chance to outweigh the the rest of their qualities. Um, Um, so we're just gonna, we're just going to jump right in and go from there. All right. So I'm not going to read, um, the entire chapter. Obviously it's 20 pages long and I think it's more important for you to do that before you get here. Um, most of you have probably read this in high school or avoided reading it in high school, but if you avoided reading it in high school, you're probably not listening right now. So, um, or whether you read it, read it later like I did. Um, so it begins... In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had. I think that's important. Nothing in this book happens by accident. This is a very, very intentional book. It's very, very plotted out. Um, It's, in a lot of ways, symmetrical. Flip it from front to back. Um... It's, it's, if you drew the, um, I was going to say if you drew the rising and falling action, it would be, uh, would be directly in the, uh, the, the point would be directly in the center, but that's not true. I think if you, if you drew, um, a line of Gatsby and Daisy's relationship in the novel that's probably more accurate but it's a very symmetrical novel it's very plotted out it's um 
overplanned in a lot of ways, but it's done so well at the same time that the first few times I read it, I didn't even notice it. And then I read something that pointed it out and then it just was incredible. Um, exactly how planned out and symmetrical that this book is. Um, so nothing in here is without intention. And I think starting the book out this way was done for a reason. Um, because the entire book pretty much I think Nick does pretty much follow this advice Um, whenever you feel like criticizing anyone just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had but I think a lot of these people he's dealing with half of them have had more advantages than he's had and half of them have not but he doesn't necessarily criticize either one of them that I can think of. He absolutely judges them. Um, which it's funny in a couple lines later, he does say, I'm inclined to reserve all judgments, a, ha- a habit that has opened up many curious natures to me and also made me the victim of not a few veteran bores. Um, so I think the seeds of the unreliable narrator are planted early. And I do think this is an unreliable narrator for multiple reasons that will pop up, um, throughout, throughout us going through this book. Um, but there's just so much, it's difficult to know exactly where to start, but I just, I just love these love the whole thing, but I love these first few pages. Um, they set it up in a way where after you read it a, at least one, after you've read it once, but uh, definitely after you've read it a few times, you can kind of see that like the seeds of what happens at the very end of the novel pop up at the very front. Um, let's see. When I came back from the East last autumn, I felt that I wanted the world to be in uniform and had a sort of moral attention forever. I wanted no more riotous excursions with privileged glimpses into the human heart. Only Gatsby, the man who gives his name to this book, was exempt from my reaction. Gatsby, who represented everything for which I have an unaffected scorn. If personality is an, uh, is an unbroken series of successful gestures, then there was something gorgeous about him some heightened sensitivity to the promises of life as if he were related to one of those intricate machines that register earthquakes 10,000 miles away. Um, so he says, when I came from the east last autumn, when he came, came back from the east last autumn. So the book is... book has a sort of um opening frame here where he's he's uh this first two pages and, and a little bit more um he's telling the whole thing from he's telling the whole story from this time period of the first 
of the first page, um, which I believe is 1923. I believe the book's set in 1922, um, which doesn't necessarily matter to this reading we're going to do um but if you want to dive in deeper it can it can help um especially if you want to dive into all the like theories of why Fitzgerald would have set it in 1922 when he was writing it in 1924 um published in 1925 um only Gatsby was exempt from my reaction I think he's, he's, you can tell early, you can tell immediately that he, he has some sort of, um, feeling towards Gatsby that he doesn't have for anyone else in the book. And going into that, going into the book, knowing that at the start, I think can inform a lot of things in the reading. Um, some of the things you would have picked up anyway, but I think it definitely knowing that going in can change change things a little bit um there will be spoilers for the whole book um during these um most likely so if you have not read the whole book i suggest you and you were and you're worried about spoilers i suggest you pause and um come back to it after you've read the whole thing um at least once uh because they're I will probably, I don't plan on necessarily just sticking with, with the chapter. I will probably bring up some things that happen in later chapters, but the focus will be on the chapter, but also in, in, in its representation, um, and not representation in its, uh, in its relation to the rest of the book. Um, so, and he says there was something gorgeous about him. So, like, you can tell immediately he's sort of enamored or awestruck or, like, has a, a special sort of respect for Gatsby. Even though Gatsby represented everything for which he had an unaffected scorn. Um, but this is this is a good one, too, at the, end of, at the bottom of this page. We're only on page two, but... Um, no, Gatsby turned out all right at the end. It is what preyed on Gatsby, what foul dust floated in the wake of his dreams that temporarily closed out my interest in the abortive sorrows and short-winded elations of men. So he said, Gatsby turned out all right at the end. And this is why you need to have read this book, because Gatsby does die at the, at the end of the book. Um... Gatsby's dead by the last chapter of this book. Um, so there's a little, little bit of foreboding there, a little bit of... Uh, I can't think of the word for some reason, but I think you all know what I mean. It's a little bit of uh, foreshadowing. Um, let's see... So Nick moves to, he lives to West Egg. There's West Egg and East Egg. Um, and East Egg is 
the old money prominent. <coughs> East Egg is the is the uh, wealthy. They're well, they're both wealthy, I suppose you could you could say. But like uh, the class, the upper class of um, breeding is the word used at this time um, a lot. I believe it's used in this novel a few times. Um, East Egg is the is the respectable um, old money. They've had money for generations. Um, they all live on there. And then West Egg is where like the the newer wealth is coming up. Um, it's a little bit dicey how they got their wealth. There's a lot of speculation as to how they got their wealth with Prohibition. And you'll see a lot of that with Gatsby. Um, so Nick moves into West Egg. And he gets this little, he gets his own little house. Um, but it had, let's see, my own house was an eyesore, but it was a small eyesore and it had been overlooked. So I had a view of the water, a partial view of my neighbor's lawn and the consoling proximity of millionaires, all for $80 a month. He, he gets a deal renting this little cottage out on West Egg amongst the, amongst the new millionaires. And... Okay, um, I skipped a quote that um, a lot of people have heard, um, but that's in this first chapter that I like. And so with the sunshine and great bursts of leaves growing on the trees, just as things grow fast, just as things grow in fast movies, I had that familiar conviction that life was beginning over again with the summer. Um, let's see, and then it goes on. There was so much to read for one thing, and so much fine health to be pulled down out of the young, breath-giving air. I bought a dozen volumes on banking and credit investment securities, and they stood on my shelf in red and gold like new money from the mint, promising to unfold the shining secrets that only Midas and Morgan and Messinas knew. So, first of all, Fitzgerald litters this book with um, little tidbits that says he knows stuff. Um and like all the name dropping he does does that um and in this paragraph you get a lot of you get a lot about money um you get the the new the new money from the mint um the books are red and gold gold um the the, whole, the new money thing um is mentioned and it plays a big role cuz that's that's Gatsby Gatsby represents the new money throughout this this book. Um, let's see. Day when he when okay so when when Nick first gets over into West Egg, um, he gets invited to to tea. Of um. No, it's dinner. He he gets invited to dinner with um Daisy and Tom. Daisy's his cousin. Um, Tom Buchanan is an asshole. <laughs> um, Tom Buchanan was one of his old college. Um, they knew each other in college. It doesn't necessarily say they were friends. Um, and I think that's pretty clear. Um. I had no sight into Daisy's heart, but I felt that Tom would drift on forever, seeking a little wistfully for the dramatic turbulence of some irrecoverable football game. 
Tom is described initially in this whole chapter and throughout the rest of the book as um, animal-like. And I think that is an important thing to pick up on. See, Tom Buchanan in riding clothes was standing with his legs apart on the front porch. Um, my note just says power stance, but you kind of get the you get the image that he's like this this strong, athletic. And it says later he says he's just a brute of a brute of a man. Um, see more things that describe Tom: two shining, arrogant eyes, um, the appearance of always leaning aggressively forward. Um, not even the effeminate swank of his riding clothes could hide the enormous power of that body. Um, you could see a great pack of muscle shifting uh, when his shoulder moved. Um, it was a body capable of enormous leverage, a cruel body. Um, his speaking voice, a gruff, husky tenor. Um, there was a touch of paternal contempt in it, even towards people he liked. And there were men at New Haven who had hated his guts. You will probably hate his guts too if you've read this book. Um, um, it says, now, don't you think my opinion on these matters is final, he seemed to say, just because I'm stronger and more of a man than you are. Um, so you get a very, very distinct picture of Tom as just one of the worst people. You would not want to hang around him. You've, you've all met him. Alpha male. Um, thinks he's better than everybody. Um, for whatever particular reason, um, sort of fools himself. He doesn't really understand, like, what, like, nobody would say no to him. He ends up being the leader of a group just by sheer force of making himself the leader. Um, very, very physical person. Um... See, so he meets Daisy. He's met Daisy before, obviously. He's met Tom before, too. But he, he really focuses on Tom for, you know, there's like two two pages on Tom, basically. Um, and you can kind of tell that Nick does not like Tom as he is um, describing him as an animal. Um, then we get a little bit of, let's see, you get this image of two young women laying on an enormous couch. Doesn't tell you who they are. You kind of assume one of them is Daisy, um, just because Daisy's married to Tom and I'm that's been stated by this point. Um, and then see says the younger of the two was a stranger to me. She was extended full length at her end of the, the divan, completely motionless, and with her chin raised a little, as if she were balancing something on it which was quite likely to fall. Um more of that old money snob snobbishness. Um coming up and then it says talks about Nate brings up that's kind of always says um that's uh that's jordan baker but it does not say that yet okay then um talks about daisy 
um, the first thing you hear from Daisy, pretty much, uh, she says, I'm paralyzed with happiness. Um, says, I held my hand for a moment, looking up into my face, promising that there was no one in the world she so much wanted to see. That was a way she had. She hinted in a murmur that the surname of the balancing girl was Baker. I've heard it said that Daisy's murmur was only to make people lean toward her, an irrelevant criticism that made it no less charming. Um, so you get the sense that, um, in their own ways, Tom and Daisy, um, and it says it, I just don't remember particularly if it's in this chapter or if it's later on in the book. That it's Tom and Daisy. I think it's later in the book. But it's if um, Tom and Daisy control the people around them. And it says later like they um, smash up things without a care. Um, that's a very vague paraphrase. Um but we will definitely talk more about that um, when we get to it. Um, see, Tom Buchanan is restless throughout pretty much the whole book. You don't ever really see him calm that I can remember. Um, and it's, the, it's like from the very beginning. Um Says, uh, says, Tom Buchanan, who had been hovering restlessly about the room, stopped and rested his hand on my shoulder. What you doing, Nick? I'm a bond man. Who with? I told him. Never heard of them, he remarked decisively. This annoyed me. Um, it annoyed me, too. <laughs> Just reading it. Because you always have, there's those people you meet, and he's he's one of them. You can picture Tom right away as, as a as some frat boy you've met before who just, um, rich daddy, um, it's just, um, I just have marked down. I have it underlined, never heard of them. And then decisively are both underlined in my book. And I have a note on the side that says alpha shit. Like you just get the sense like when, when, um, when Tom says something, it's final, one way or another, and you're not gonna, not gonna change his mind about it, unless he want, unless he wants his mind to be changed. Um, let's see, and then we get another little mention over here on the next page. Um, of uh, the first time Gatsby's mentioned in the um, in the past story arc, um, which is the present for most of the book. But keep in mind he's writing it from the perspective of the next year. Um, so he says, "You lift, you live in West Egg," she remarked contemptuously. That's this is uh, Jordan Baker talking. Um, I know somebody there. I don't know a single. Is uh, Nick's response. You must know Gatsby. Gatsby, demanded Daisy. What Gatsby? Before I could reply that he was my neighbor, dinner was announced. Wedging his tense arm imperatively under mine, Tom Buchanan compelled me from the room as though he were moving a checker to another square. 
get to get another little little look into there as at seeing Tom as a controlling controlling person who just who likes I think he likes controlling others around him, which he views as lessers, um, pawns, um, in a way. Um Um, on the next page, you get the, um, you get more descriptions of, uh, of Tom. You get a lot on Tom in this first chapter. I think you understand Tom's character pretty fully by the end of this first chapter. Um, look, she complained. It was, uh, Daisy talking. We all looked. The knuckle was black and blue. You did it, Tom, she said accusingly. I know you didn't mean to, but you did do it. That's what I get for marrying a brute of a man. A great, big, hulking, physical, physical specimen of a... I hate that word, hulking, objected Tom crossly, even in kidding. Hulking, insisted Daisy. Um, she's... Let's see. I mean, Tom's just like, I hate that word, hulking. He hates to be described, because I don't think he wants to see himself as the bad guy, which I don't think anyone wants. I won't say anyone. I don't think a lot of people want to be seen as the bad guy, but um, he, he doesn't want to be seen as just a big hulking brood of a man, which fair enough, um, especially in view of his wife. Um, let's see, we get more descriptives. Civilizations going to pieces broke out Tom violently. I've gotten to be a terrible pessimist about things. Have you read The Rise of the Colored Empires by this man Goddard? Um, I know, I answered, rather surprised by his tone. Well, it's a fine book, and everyone ought to read it. The idea is, if we don't look out, the white race will be. We'll be utterly submerged. It's all scientific stuff. It's been proved. Tom's getting very profound, said Daisy, with an expression of unthoughtful sadness. He reads deep books with long words in them. What was that word we... Well, these books are all scientific, insisted Tom, glancing at her impatiently. This fellow has worked out the whole thing. It's up to us, who are the dominant race, to watch out, or these other races will have control of things. We've got to beat them down, whispered Daisy, winking ferociously toward the fervent sun. Um, And then there's more on it. Basically, the shout is showing here that Tom is an unapologetic racist, and he's fallen into these ideologies that were pretty prevalent at the time um, and disgusting, really, that um, it was kind of like a way people then, and I'm sure some people now do the same thing, um, try to um, allow get them let themselves off the hook for being being racist um if we don't if we don't like basically if we don't put these other people down this group of people down then they will put us down we can't have them domin dominating us we can't let them subjugate us to what we've been doing to them for the last forever you know um flawed logic um absolutely racist but i think um daisy at least in my view when daisy's making fun of tom here but tom's too stupid to realize it 
Um, he's like, Tom's getting very profound. And then again with, we've got to beat them down. And since she like, she like winks. Um, it's like, she thinks he's an idiot, um, which he is. Um, but it's, it's just, it's also, Tom's got a very malleable mind in that like he's very set in his ways. So if you can convince him that he has an idea, um, and if you challenged him on something, he would stick to his guns. But if you, if you get him to read like a book, his worldview is so easily influenced, um, which is interesting. And it could probably be a whole nother talk, but I think the main focus of this passage is to show that he's a racist um i said tom's racist fitz seems to use daisy's humor to combat it as well as nick's shocked response tom is also worried about being the alpha um i think tom is someone who wants to control things so bad cannot possibly like they got him where it counts with this book um this the rise of the colored empires which is based on another book a real is based on a real book um, that was going around at the time that was basically spouting all these same um, faulty ideologies about how the Nordic race um, was was the better race and it should and the dominant race and they needed to to keep control um, for the betterment of these other races of people, which is. Which is a talk for another day, but I, I'm some of that's still going on, and this is a hundred years later, um, now, versus the book. This is 2022. The book's set in 1922. Um, disappointing to say the least. Um, I think it's much less culturally populated idea than it was, which is good, but. I think we've all realized in the last, especially as, as white folks in the last few years, um, that things aren't as good as we hoped they were and that we've been, we've been blind in a lot of ways. Um, my voice is starting to go, but yeah, I think we've realized not to make this too, um, based on this since we're talking about Gatsby itself, but like I said, it is important. Um, let's see. Um, yes, it is. Tom's doesn't Tom doesn't want to lose any power, so he believes a book such as the one mentioned threatens his status and his way of life, and that's where this ideology grips him. Um, then we get on to the next couple of pages where we learn that Tom has a mistress. Um, you mean to say you don't know, said Miss Baker, honestly surprised. I thought everybody knew. I don't. Why, she said, has only Tom's got some woman in New York. Got some woman, I repeated blankly. Miss Baker nodded. She might have the decency not to telephone him at dinner time, don't you think? Like, like that's the problem there. Um, let's see. Then we get to, um, they, they bring up Tom and Daisy have a, have a daughter. Um, listen, Nick, let me tell you what I said when she was born. Would you like to hear? Daisy says, 
very much. It'll show you how I've gotten to feel about things. Well, she was less than an hour old, and Tom was God knows where. I woke up with, I woke up out of the ether with an utterly abandoned feeling and asked the nurse right away if it was a boy or a girl. She told me it was a girl, and so I turned my head away and wept. All right, I said. I'm glad it's a girl, and I hope she'll be a fool. That's the best thing a girl can be in this world, a beautiful little fool. So she's Daisy's pretty cynical um, about things, and I think if anyone was married to Tom, they would grow to be cynical about things pretty quickly. Um, but let's see. The next page, we get a little, get a little more. Um, he, Nick finally realizes who Jordan Baker is. Um, that her, her name's been mentioned a time or two. He's like, "Oh, you're Jordan Baker." She's a she's a uh, professional golfer. Um, I had heard some story of her too, a critical, unpleasant story. But what it was, I had forgotten long ago, which pops up later on in the novel. Um, let's see. I will. Good night, Mr. Caraway. See you anon. That's Jordan talking. Um, and of course you will, confirm Daisy. In fact, I think I'll arrange a marriage. Come over often, Nick, and I'll sort of, oh, fling you together. You know, lock you up accidentally in linen closets and push you out to sea in a boat and all that sort of thing. Um, she's a nice girl, said Tom after a moment. They oughtn't to let her run around the country this way. Who oughtn't to? inquired Daisy coldly. Her family. Her family is one aunt about a thousand years old. Besides, Nick's going to look after her, aren't you, Nick? So we get um, Daisy's worldview and Tom's worldview in this chapter. We see that they're very, very different. Um, Daisy does not seem to buy into all the nonsense about the Nordic race that Tom's spouting. Um, she seems to be more modern. She's like, um, I don't know if you could classify her as a feminist, even like a first, second wave feminist. Um I believe it would be first wave at this point, but I'm definitely not a source of um, knowledge on the three waves of feminism and their and their dates. Um, but definitely, you could maybe say she was like an early, sort of like, she had some bit of like, at least modernity to what she um, believes, whereas Tom was like, nice girl. You know, we can't let can't let all these nice girls run around the country and get, um, which is very hypocritical considering he's running around with um, someone himself. Uh, he's trying to what is he trying to keep these nice girls away from like guys like him? Doesn't even realize what he's saying. Um, let's see. I forgot to ask you something, and it's important. We heard you were engaged to a girl out west. Um, that's right, collaborated Tom kindly. We heard that you were engaged. It's a libel. I'm too poor. But we heard it, insisted Daisy, surprising me by opening up again in a flower-like way. We heard it from three people, so it must be true. Of course I knew what they were referring to, but I wasn't even vaguely engaged. The fact that gossip had published the bands was one of the reasons I had come east. You can't stop going with an old friend on account of rumors, and on the other hand, I had no intention of being rumored into marriage. Um, I think one of Fitzgerald's great accomplishments with this book is uh, is his use of narrator that's in the story, but is also viewing the story um, separately. 
Um, and there's a line in a few in a few chapters kind of acknowledges that. Um, so it's, it was within and without. Um, and I think it, it Nick's the one. Nick's the one that says it, and um, I think that's one of the great accomplishments of of this novel is that um, him being within and without. He's then he's in the story, but he's also looking at it from a distance, um, and he's looking in on the lives of these other people, um, and not reserving all judgments as he, um, as he says on the first, first page, which it's interesting to see him looking back on this saying he's inclined to reserve all judgments when the entire time he is telling this story, he is judging. Um, and then we get our first glimpse of Gatsby himself. I saw that I was not alone. Fifty feet away, a figure had emerged from the shadow of my neighbor's mansion and was standing with his hands in his pockets regarding the silver pepper of the stars. Something in his leisurely movements and the secure position of his feet upon the lawn suggested that it was Mr. Gatsby himself come out to determine what share was his of our local heavens. I decided to call to him. Miss Baker had mentioned him at dinner, and that would do for an introduction, but I didn't call to him, for he gave a sudden intimation that he was content to be alone. He stretched out his arms toward the dark water in a curious way, and, as far as I was from him, I could have sworn he was trembling. Involuntarily, I glanced seaward and distinguished nothing except a single green light, minute and far away, that might have been at the end of a dock. When I looked once more for Gatsby, he had vanished, and I was alone again in the unquiet darkness. Um... This light is green. Um, I do want to say there's a lot of instances of yellow in this book. As we will go, we will go um, looking for this. Color is is very big. Um, in in this in this book, but um, we get this first this first view of Gatsby is him reaching out across the water to that green light, which every single high school English teacher points out as green um, for go. Like, because that's, da that's Daisy's dock, right? Um, so he, he's bought this house across from her. It, and it comes up later in the story, obviously, or I wouldn't know. He bought, he's, um, he's bought this house across from Daisy. And he's just reaching out to that green light on her dock. And that green light means go, right? But it's 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 bigger than that. It's it's deeper than that, at least um somewhat. I think um maybe it does mean go, but I think more so he's reaching out um to the money, not for money's sake, but I think the green light does represent money as much as it could possibly represent go. Um, cause money is such a big deal in this book. Um, yeah, um, that is the end of the first chapter. Um, not, not too bad on time for that. Um, surprisingly, um, 
touched on most of the stuff I had underlined, and like maybe one or two other little things um, that I did. I'm just kind of flipping through, hoping I didn't um, miss too much more. It's mainly just it's mainly just set up. Um, introduces you to the main cast of characters: um, Nick, Tom, Daisy to an extent Gatsby because Gatsby remains that um, in some form or another, he sort of remains that, that shadowy figure um, prone to disappearing for a large portion of the novel. Um, Even when Nick like really gets to know him, he still gets this sense that he doesn't know him. Um, Gatsby's never fully described you just get how Gatsby makes him feel. Um, and a lot of people point out that, um, well, a lot of things um, in this book that say Nick is gay for Gatsby. Um, maybe. Um, I think he definitely has a love for Gatsby, um, an affection. Um, he, and then, I don't know. But I don't, and I think his how he views Gatsby um, affects his judgment and how he tells the story. Um, I don't know; it's hard to say because he he seems perfectly willing to um, help Daisy and Gatsby get together. You don't really see any sort of like sadness that from Nick's perspective that Gatsby wants to be with Daisy. You don't see anything, anything like that. There are some evidences in the book that Nick might be um, bisexual or gay, but I don't think that's a matter of importance in this particular novel. Um, But you you do get that. um, his, His description of Gatsby on page two, only Gatsby was exempt from my reaction. There was something gorgeous about him. It was an extraordinary gift for hope, a romantic readiness such as I have never found in any other person in which it is not likely I shall ever find again. No, Gatsby turned out all right in the end. Was what preyed on Gatsby, what foul dust floated in the wake of his dreams that temporarily closed out my interest in the abortive sorrows and short-winded elations of men. I think watching Gatsby go through what he goes through in this book, what he what Gatsby puts himself through, really, um, is kind of makes Nick disillusioned with <laughs> humanity as a whole almost just watching all this unfold um yeah that's just chapter one um we'll jump into chapter two two next week and um i don't know exactly i'm just kind of planning on going chapter by chapter if if one of these chapters gets too long i'm gonna say if it gets over an hour then um that would be the point where i would decide to probably break up the chapter into two episodes. Um, yeah, I, I really, really love this book. There's so much in here. Um, 
I've read it 10 times, I think. Um, so going back through it this time will be will be number 11. Um, yeah. So let me know what you think. Always happy to discuss this, this novel. Um, I think I'm going to do a wrap-up episode after I finish all of it. Um, talk about the thing as a whole. Um, why it is a great American novel. I don't necessarily believe in the idea of the great American novel, but um, one of the great American novels, absolutely. Um, I think it it points to its time, and yet is also timeless in the way, in a lot of the things um, that it is saying, um, which is quite a feat. Um, yeah, that's all I've all I've got for this one. Um, so hopefully that is all coherent, and I'm <laughs> realized I'm prone to um, getting distracted and never coming back to a point sometimes. So um, always open for questions, or a lot of it you can probably figure out for yourself um, if you've read it a couple of times. So um, yeah, that's it. Uh, just Keep on reading.